the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We were created subject to vanity, subject to emptiness. We all have this emptiness inside of us. And many people try to fill that emptiness with the things of this world. And really, the only thing that can fill that emptiness that is in all of us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's by design. We were created to find our satisfaction, our contentment, and our fulfillment in Him and nowhere else. It always seems to happen. Your kiddo asked and asked for that certain something, and they're finally going to get it. They open their present thrilled with what's inside. They play with it for a while, but quickly lose interest over the next few days. Today, Pastor Dan shares that this is a picture of the human condition. Like the rest of us, you have an emptiness in you that you try to fill on your own terms. But nothing works for long. That's because the fulfillment you're longing for can only be found in the Lord. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Habakkuk chapter 2 is where we left off. If you don't know where Habakkuk is in your Bible, it's right after Nahum. So, (laughs) Uh, it's okay to look at the table of contents in your Bible. Habakkuk chapter 2, we're also going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 36. 2 Chronicles 36, if you want to go ahead and find that in your Bible, so you can turn there quickly, maybe put your bookmark there. 2 Chronicles 36, Habakkuk chapter 2, and let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for, uh, Lord, the way that you speak to us out of your word every week, and we're grateful for that. We're grateful that your word is alive and it's powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you that your word never returns void. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher And that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just as kind of a review, Habakkuk was a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah. He lived in the final days of the southern kingdom uh, before it's conquered by Babylon. And the book of Habakkuk records a a dialogue between Habakkuk and the Lord God. And Habakkuk was troubled. He was troubled by the direction his country was going morally and spiritually. And he was troubled that God was not intervening and doing anything about it, or so it seemed to Habakkuk. And again, maybe we can relate to Habakkuk as we look at how things are going in our nation. 
And so Habakkuk began to complain to God. And if you look back in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear, even cry out to you, violence. And you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Uh, The nation of Judah, remember, had forsaken God at this point. They had forsaken God's word, God's commands. And as a result, the nation was filled with violence, iniquity, trouble, plundering or looting, strife, contention, division among the people. The nation was divided. Uh, The laws were not being enforced making the laws of the nation powerless. There was no justice. It seemed to Habakkuk that the wicked outnumbered the righteous. Again, maybe you can relate. And the state of his country and and God's apparent inaction greatly burdened Habakkuk. In verse 2 again, the, the first word translated cry there. It simply means to call for help. But the second word translated cry in verse 2, it means to scream. It's a different Hebrew word. To scream. As Habakkuk prayed about the wickedness in his nation, he became more and more burdened, more and more troubled. And he wondered why God seemed so indifferent to what was happening. And in verse 5, God answered Habakkuk. And God assured Habakkuk that he was indeed working. Habakkuk just couldn't see it. God is always working. He is always working, even when we can't see how God is working. He's working. He's always working in a nation. He's always working in our lives personally. Even when we can't see it, God is at work. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a verse that you know very well, it says, God works all things together for good to those who love God and are called by him. Not only is God working, he is working all things for our good. In verse 5, God says, uh, what, what I'm doing will totally shock you. You will not believe it when you hear it. And God was planning to use the ungodly Babylonians to chasten Judah and to conquer Judah. And as you, as you know, the Babylonians will invade the land of Judah. They'll conquer the nation. They'll take the people of God into captivity. In verse 7, God describes the Babylonians as terrible and dreadful. And then God goes on to describe the way the Babylonians treated the nations they conquered. The Babylonians were violent. They were fearless They were unstoppable. And so here Habakkuk cries out to God. He's screaming out to God saying, you know, look at what's happening in the nation. Why don't you do something? And God says, well, actually, I am doing something. I'm raising up the Babylonians to come and conquer the land of Judah. That's not the answer that Habakkuk expected from God. And this raised even greater questions in Habakkuk's mind. How could God use a wicked nation like Babylon to judge his own people? And remember, as we've seen, as we've studied through the prophets, 
God explained to his people over and over that he is bringing them into this land, the promised land. He's giving them this land and he warned them that if they forsake him and they forsake his commandments, he will remove them from the land. Even before God brought Israel into the promised land, while they were still in the wilderness under Moses, God warned them of this. And when they began to turn away from the Lord and turn away from his commands, God sent prophet after prophet to warn the nation to turn back to the Lord and his word, but they refused. And so now the time has come for them to be removed from the land. Uh, turn with me over to Second Chronicles chapter 36. Second Chronicles 36 verse 15, it says, And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them, By his messengers, by the prophets, rising up early and sending them. That doesn't mean that God woke up really early to send these prophets. That means as soon as they started to turn away from God and go after the gods of the nations around them and began to forsake God's commandments, as soon as that started, God began to send messengers to them to warn them. It says because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. See, he knew that if they turned away from him and went after the gods of the nations around them, that it would bring destruction upon them. It would bring harm. And God was compassionate on them. But verse 16, they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Until they passed the point of no return. There was, there was nothing more that could be done for them. Therefore, verse 17, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans are the Babylonians. Who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. And had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon, it says. Then they burned the house of God. They broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, the Medo-Persian empire, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So here God tells us exactly what happens. He gives us a summary of what happened with Israel. When they turned away from God, God sent messengers to them. They mocked those those messengers. They scoffed at the prophets until the wrath of God arose against his people. Till there was no remedy. And then God brought the Babylonians into the land of Judah to conquer the land and to burn Jerusalem and burn the temple and carry the captives away to Babylon. Now back in Habakkuk, you know, Habakkuk is living in the final years of the kingdom of Judah, maybe just 20 years or so before the Babylonians came into the land. And here, God tells Habakkuk, hey, I'm going to send Babylon. 
And again, that just raises greater questions for Habakkuk. Why, how could you use the Babylonians? They're so wicked against your people. Now look back in Habakkuk chapter 2. Again, we covered all of this. This is just review. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. God tells Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. God did not give Habakkuk a long answer to his questions. God did not give him a detailed explanation of why he was using the Babylonians. God simply said to Habakkuk, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. The just shall live by faith. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And this is what we're all called to do as believers in Jesus Christ. We're called to live by faith, to live a life of faith, a life of constant trust in God. I don't have to tell you, you already know this, that there are many things in life that happen to us that we don't understand why they happen. There are things that happen that we can't make sense of. And God calls us to simply trust him. To just trust him. To trust that he is good. To trust that he loves us. To trust that he is sovereign. That he's in control of everything. That his plans for us are good and not for evil. And that he knows what he's doing. He doesn't call us to understand everything. He doesn't owe us a detailed explanation of what he's doing. Or why he's doing it. He calls us to live by faith. In Romans chapter 8 verse 32 it says. He who did not spare his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. And there in Romans 8 32. Paul reminds us that God did not spare his own son. That God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world. To die in our place on the cross for our sins. To rescue us from sin and death. Jesus purchased our salvation by his own blood. And through the cross, God demonstrates the extent of his love for us. And because God loves us and gave his son for us, we can be confident that he will freely give us all things. Because he gave his son for us, we can trust that he will always do what is best for us. And the cross tells us that we can trust the Lord for everything in life and live by faith, even when we don't understand, even when things don't make sense to us, even when we have all these questions. I can look to the cross and I know that God loves me and I know God is doing what's best for me and I can walk by faith, trusting him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says, I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. 
I know the one in whom I trust. I know that he loves me. I know that he died for me. I know that he saved me. I know that he's trustworthy. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I now live, I live by faith in him, fully trusting him. And the reason I can fully trust him is because I know he loves me because he gave himself for me. And this, this all really comes from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by faith. And now in the rest of chapter 2, this is where we pick it up tonight, beginning in verse 5. In the rest of chapter 2, God explains to Habakkuk that he is well aware of the wickedness of Babylon. And he explains that he will also judge the Babylonians for their wickedness. So God will use the Babylonians to judge Judah. And God will judge Babylon for its wickedness. So so no one is getting away with anything here, Habakkuk. You don't have to worry about that. God will deal with the Babylonians as well. This reminds me of Psalm 73, where the psalmist is envious of the prosperity of the wicked. And in Psalm 73, the psalmist talks about how everything seems to go well for the wicked. They never seem to suffer. They're always successful, even though they're prideful and violent and they mock God. They live a life of ease. And the psalmist says, I I look at the prosperity of the wicked and the ungodly, and I think it doesn't really pay to be righteous. And he says, I tried to understand the prosperity of the wicked and it troubled me deeply until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. And so it is with the Babylonians for Habakkuk. The ungodly may prosper in this life and it may seem that they get away with things. But eventually they will be judged by the Lord. The Babylonians will not get away with their wickedness forever. God will judge them. And look at what God says about the Babylonians in verse 5. Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man. And he does not stay at home because he enlarges his desire as hell. And he is like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself All peoples. God tells Habakkuk that he sees what the Babylonians are doing. I I see them. I know what you're talking about, Habakkuk. In Psalm 33, it says, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. Nothing is hidden from God. And he sees the Babylonians and what they're doing. He says, Again, in verse 5, they transgress by wine. Uh, If you remember in Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, has a big party with thousands of his nobles there. They're all getting drunk on wine. And then a hand appears and there's writing on the wall. Remember that? And the Babylonians will be conquered while all of the leaders of the nation are drunk on wine. And so wine will play a part in the destruction of, of Babylon. The Bible says wine is a mocker 
and strong drink a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The Babylonians were led astray by their consumption of alcohol. The Lord mentions their pride in verse 5. He says they were never satisfied. They were never satisfied with the number of nations they conquered or the, the riches they looted from those nations. They always wanted more. They never had enough. They were, they were greedy for more. And there are some people who just lust after the things of this world. They're never satisfied. They never have enough. They're always longing for more. They're always longing for the next thing, the next relationship, the next experience, longing for more money, more stuff. You know, the Bible says that we were created subject to vanity, subject to emptiness. We all have this emptiness inside of us. And many people try to fill that emptiness with the things of this world. And really, the only thing that can fill that emptiness that is in all of us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's by design. We were created to find our satisfaction, our contentment, and our fulfillment in him and nowhere else. In verse 6, the Lord says, one day the tables will turn on Babylon. He says, will not all these take up a proverb against him, all these nations that were conquered by Babylon, and a taunting riddle against him and say, woe to him who increases what is not his, how long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges, will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you and you will become their booty? Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the, of the people shall plunder you. Because the men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and all who dwell in it. Verse 9, woe to him who covets evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. Again, speaking of the Babylonians. The Lord says, woe to him who covets evil gain. The Babylonians coveted riches, the riches of other nations. If you're taking notes, you can jot down 2 Kings chapter 20. In 2 Kings chapter 20, the Babylonians sent a delegation of officials to King Hezekiah, the king of Judah. And while they were visiting, Hezekiah made the mistake of showing the Babylonian delegation all of the riches and his royal storehouse. I mean, let me show you something. You're never going to believe this. Come take a look at all this stuff I've got. Well, because of that, once the Babylonians became aware of the riches of Judah, they wanted to conquer Judah. That actually brought Judah on Babylon's radar. And now they wanted to conquer. Babylonians were covetous. And the Babylonians believed they were so powerful and wealthy that disaster could never touch them. Verse 9. They thought their nest was set on high and out of the reach of other nations. No one can ever bring us down. The Bible says pride goes before a fall. And it's foolish to trust in yourself. It's foolish to trust in some security that you've created instead of trusting in the Lord. He asked me how I know, and 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Habakkuk, and he has more to share with you next time. If you'd like to talk to us some more about this teaching, you can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by email. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and get to know Pastor Dan a little more. So feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional things from this Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Pastor Dan has some more to share, so make sure you come back to hear more right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.